0: Taskmaster, the lost words, and Kawatle. This is staying in. Um, I got a, I got a l- wonderful surprise the other day. Um, I came home and um, uh, my wife had uh, gone shopping, and she came back and she was like, "I've bought you a present." I was like, "Oh, w- what could this be?" Uh, b- the bangs, by the way, are fireworks. Anyway. I oh, just yeah. don't want to talk around them because. Oh, no. No.
1: Yeah, it's, so we're recording on fireworks night, And uh, if, you're a, uh, no, if you're a. No, we're not. No, yes, we're, we're not. No, it's the day before. <laughs> no.
2: Are no. no, we not? <laughs> no. What day is it? It's been a long <laughs> week for you, Pete, hasn't it? Bloody
0: hell. Can you get oh. your big diary out if you don't put it in? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember
2: the oh, the 4th of
0: November. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it I, doesn't quite have the same uh, ring to it, does it? It,
1: it? The reason I think it is, is because. Is, so we're recording on the 4th of November.
0: Which Um, also, incidentally, is the day before the next national lockdown, so I presume that is mm, why people are blowing their loads this evening.
1: Yes, yes. They're absolutely, um, uh, I can't follow that line, No, but there's fireworks, basically.
0: There's there's bangs and fireworks. Anyway, so I came home. My wife had bought me a present, and I opened it up, and it was a box of moccasin slippers and gentlemen i could not have been happier with this wonderful wonderful gift that she got me i'm wearing them now they are they are exceptionally comfortable they replaced the uh, other slippers that i had which are truly dreadful in design because i had some of those slippers before there's probably a name for them where it was just like a rudimentary flip-flop so you have the base of the slipper and the only bit that's covered is the is like the the front bit of your foot like over your toes like a slider like a slide yeah but not even like a slider you just there's not even like any friction between the toe and the top like you would do in a flip-flop so when you go upstairs the amount of times or i'd go downstairs the slippers would just fall off Yeah. yeah um it was becoming untenable so um um so obviously uh you know
1: last time we we chatted on the podcast you said that you've gotten into solo board games and i think this really is
2: completing the look these moccasins isn't it yeah yeah Sam, um do we need Um, to remind the listener of your age sam yeah
1: and yeah like what was what was
2: the first world war like sam (laughs) and what was it like when all this was green fields
1: (laughs) um so when do you when do you think that you will be like you know getting into some of the older older man
0: uh, you know pleasures? Well, so, can I you, just say in my defence, right? Go on. In my yeah. defence. So, th- my favourite pair of lounge footwear are the pair of woolen um, boots that Chris bought me about what twelve years ago. Yeah, I-
2: I'm amazed those are still around.
0: Yeah, they 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 they're almost a pre- approaching Ship of Theseus level. I was about where... to say, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know if they are actually the original slippers or they've just been uh, mended so many times. Um, so those are my favourites, but because they're essentially woolen boots, it's quite a lot of effort. You know, when you come in after your day at work to take your shoes off. Hike up the boots, and then when you're finished and you go to bed, you gotta like pull them off again. It's a bit of a hassle. The yeah. other slippers, not working. Moccasins, yeah. In the door, one, two, on. One, two, off. So that's it's it's ease of use. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. carry on. What other old things am I looking forward to? Yeah, are you going to be getting into
1: your pipes? Um, are you going to be wearing a sleeping hat to bed? Are you going to be... Um, I don't know.
2: I, Pete, I, I, Pete, I, I, do you want to remind the listener how old you are? Yeah. Uh, I'm, what do you mean? What do you mean? Who wears a hat to bed? Uh,
1: the, uh, you know, the little... The little um,
0: I mean... I, I don't I don't think I don't think any of my grandparents did that. Old people don't do that. They did that in olden times.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean maybe they wore a helmet during the blitz but just to protect them <laughs> from shrapnel. But that was bad. No. I mean
0: I mean
1: like um like where's like where's Wally's got except for a bit more, you know. Right. And uh, and maybe a um, bubble hat kind of thing. Yes. Yeah,
0: no, sort of, no, no. It's not like a it's like a um sort of cotton hat. Yeah, it
1: looks like a little Santa hat except for it has got a bobble on the end. It's not quite as festive.
0: Usually what Ebenezer Scrooge is usually. Yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge is inside.
1: usually wearing one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. From the Victorian era. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Again, looks, not an yeah. old person thing, but an old timey thing.
1: Yeah, but you're from that era. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: okay. Right. Pete, what is your favorite era of time?
1: <laughs> hold on, hold on, Zach. I need to go and get my top 5 list. Hold on.
2: <laughs> no,
0: like if you were to if you were to if if you were to inhabit yeah. a period of time.
2: That's a really that's really lovely because you know we have you know how you say some people are ahead of their time, but there must be also people that are behind their time. Oh, for sure.
1: Um I think I think the the, the the best period of time... The be, I mean, okay, the real answer is the best period of time is now. It's the greatest time to be alive. Is it? It absolutely is, because sure, there are bad things happening right now. Wink, nod, we all know what these things are. Um, but also, you know... People are living longer. They're eating better. People are more educated. They have uh, generally more wealth in the in the West. People very, you know, comparatively, you are more likely to be homeless uh, in the 1950s by about, like, a factor of, like, 10 or something like that than you are today. So generally, now is the right time. But also, if we're playing the real game, I think probably the 1920s because you could wear suits all the time and, like, just sort of wander around and be a little bit like
0: I mean there's there's nothing stopping you wearing a suit now Yeah.
1: oh yeah but then you're one of those oh, yeah but then you're one of those people that you see wandering down the street or in Tesco's or something like that and they're the ones who are like oh this I just put this on <laughs> yes of course it looks like I was thrown out of the 1960s but <laughs> this is just how I like dressing and it's like, that's all very well and good. But I just... I can't... I haven't got the energy.
0: What about you, Sam? Um, I I think that... Um, yes? The 90s are probably the best time. The 1890s, of course, for you. <laughs> <laughs> sand. No, the 1990s. I can't... I don't see the appeal of... Of spending time in an era where you know th- the littlest thing could kill you and mm, yeah. you know pe- th- clothes weren't comfortable and you know I've, i feel like the 1990s was a great period of discovery yeah invention mm. but also willful willful ignorance yeah um uh before the the, the tide started turning um so like like 1995
1: is like the absolute mwah. Like we we've, <laughs> yeah, we've, yeah. we've not we've not invaded the Middle East for the second time, and the internet's not that pervasive. Like, oh, pretty much, yeah. Beautiful. the The phrase, um, uh, remember we need
0: to meet at town by the clock at twelve. Yeah, and 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 technology had pretty much the most advanced thing in technology was an anti skip CD player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you still had to hold flat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That'll do. That'll
1: do. What about you, Chris? When are you going back to? When are you going back to? Go on, pop in the time machine, Chris. Punch in
2: the buttons. Uh, Beep,
1: beep, 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 beep. beep. Coming up on the dial.
2: The Cretaceous era? The Cretaceous era. um, uh, Oh, do you
1: remember the Cretaceous era? When uh, all the the animals were starting to come out of the oceans and grow legs. This is turning
2: into the Yorkshireman sketch from Monty Python, isn't it really? No, I think I quite like the idea and I know it's really, I know it's quite self-indulgent, but this is what this is, isn't it really? But I really like the whole back to the future idea of going back to like 1985, which is the year as I was born, but it was also roughly around the same time that, you know, like my parents were my age now. You know, I quite like that idea, I suppose. Uh, what
0: of seducing your mum?
2: <laughs> you and I have two very different readings of that
0: film. <laughs> in Back to the Future, Marty's mum falls in love with him. Oh, he doesn't seduce her. He doesn't yeah, go just back to be clear, like, I think that. you've missed the
1: subtext there, which is Marty is very, very, very <laughs> insistent on not seducing his mother. <laughs> <laughs> like, There's no, like... There's no there's no hidden meaning of him going, Oh, I don't think this is a good idea. It's he thinks this isn't
2: a good idea. Yeah, I don't think Spielberg would have put his name on a film like that. <laughs> um so, I don't know, like I, I think that as Sam says, as much as I like the idea of going back in time and seeing, like, you know, the Celts, the Anglo Saxons, the Vikings and all that through kind of history, the reality of it um would be something all to well altogether completely different so i think i like the idea of there being a little bit of progress there uh, and a little bit of wiggle room to just uh kind of be at what is quite a dynamic time particularly in the 80s where you've as you say like this is the kind of this is the kind of culture of kind of technological changes think about the consoles around that time in particular and you know gaming as well as it, it kind of Uh, coming into a particular era there. Uh, Yeah, I'd be quite interested in that. And also, I love 80s music because I don't know about you, but like my parents used to take the radio when I was a kid. So um, we would listen to tapes of music from that era. So like 80s music. So I grew up on that. And obviously now, particularly the 80s, having a bit of a renaissance again um, through kind of music and other kind of cultural things. I quite like, I would quite like that I really would definitely that that kind of aesthetic
0: and that sound of that era definitely. I've really been um, enjoying over the last. Um, I don't. I've, we've we've been playing it for for months and months and months, and it's been like my one of my sort of go-to chill things. Whilst I'm up with the baby, is we've been playing quite a lot of Ticket to Ride mm. or that Choo Choo game. Trains, trains, trains uh, on the app. I mean, it's a pretty good game, isn't it? Like, what ticket to I- ride? Right? Ticket to ride. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. This see, this is why people come to this podcast for breakthrough opinions on board <laughs> games, on like, evergreen board <laughs> games, a <laughs> yeah. million selling. I mean, yeah, I mean, but but you know what? Like, I, I, don't, I I've probably said this before, but it, you're absolutely right. And those those classics are classics for a reason like mm-hmm. you go back to them every once in a while and you you know you play catan or you play set you know um, you play ticket to ride or 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 um, carcassonne or these other games and you play them and you are like yeah these are these are smart these are good games and you can see the if you do a little bit of digging into the history of all of them you go oh this was the first as well like and and it's mm-hmm. really interesting to see those things of where though where those entire genres of board game have just just come out of and ticket to ride is is properly amazing that app is all right actually
0: the app the app is i i find it surprisingly good i mm. mean like all board game apps they all need to come with an an, an undo button yeah and i don't know why they don't yeah. or, or at least can you at least triple check that i'm okay with what i'm doing before i'm actually doing it
2: and and, and also the ticket to ride app is like many board game apps uh, as you say, Sam, you like playing it during the night when you're up yes. with the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I, before bed, a, a cheeky tactic I have is obviously to check where I am in the game because what I don't want to happen is I wake up in the morning and I've you le- know I've left it an extra eight hours has eaten into my time. But the problem mm-hmm. is that particularly particular ride, you boot it up and unless your volume is down, which often it isn't on my tablet, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it is the loudest and piercing. <laughs> yes. Have you had that? The the, the train. Woof,
0: woof. Yes. I was like, oh my
2: gosh, okay. Um, I've got to get go to bed now after that. Okay. Um, it, it is the only way I would like playing this game. I'm not a massive Ticket to Ride fan. I think everyone has that evergreen game that for some reason doesn't gel with them. Like for sure. some it's Catan or Carcassonne. Yeah. It's Ticket to Ride for me. I've just never really taken to it. But what I've liked about this game is that it's casual. Um, I, playing it sat down I think would be an utter chore for me. But the app is so intuitive. Um, and I don't lose sleep over it because of the aforementioned sound. But, but like, there's some, and, and just how lovely it's been for us to dabble with other game maps in a manner that we wouldn't do if we had the physical copy.
0: Yeah, I can, I, I think, like, Ticket to Ride is a huge game anyway. Like, I have Ticket to Ride Europe. And um, even before I bought our big table, it was a massive, massive thing to thing to put down. You know, understandably slow, so because there is so much that you've got to be able to read when you're looking at it on the table in terms of understanding, like who's got roots going where, where's you know Zagreb, you know where's um, the UK, all that kind of stuff. So it ha- does have to take up quite a lot of space. I couldn't imagine also owning all of those all the expansions. expansions yeah i i i think for
1: me it does the thing that that and and i know you know you guys laughed at me about this one which is fair enough but it's for me it does what the seven wonders app does and that's that it it speeds up ticket to ride because i actually hmm. think the interesting part of ticket to ride is the is the is the meta strategy right? Like the actual choices that you're making moment to moment, not particularly interesting, but lots of them. And yeah. thinking about okay, what is my not what are my tactics, which is the moment to moment, this is what I'm going to do, but what is my overall strategy? That is for me the interesting part of Ticket to Ride. And I, I love Ticket to Ride New York. That's that's one of my one of my favorite games in my collection because. It's small. It's so much smaller. It's so much quicker, and you can play it in twenty minutes. Half an hour. Um, um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Ticket to Ride is is one of one of my favourites. But I I may have stumbled upon a game that I think ooh. might usurp it, and what? I am absolutely desperate to show this to you, Chris, because I think that it will. I think this game will. Possibly make you see what me and Pete especially enjoy about tickets to ride. You know, in terms of that, like strategy, like strategizing part of it. Um, it's a game called Coatl, uh, which is C, C O, A T L Coatl. Okay. Uh, which is an, an Aztec word which means um, snake. Oh, okay. Um and a bit like ticket to ride it is this box which is absolutely crammed full of multicoloured bright and vibrant little plastic bits mhm um and it is an absolutely staggering thing to work to look at i put um if you go on to our instagram feed mm-hmm you will see that I've put a picture of um, Coatl, of the box, and some of the components, and it looks incredible, like I've not um, I've not played a game that looks this good in a long time, Um, the finish and the production is incredible, the art's by someone called Silly Jelly which I absolutely love, but it's this wonderful evocative, Aztec inspired artwork you know, all of those like bright yellows and reds and dark blacks and blues and greens like it's it's a it's a real feast to look at um and i've and i've been playing it solitaire like it has it has a a solo mode and i'm really enamored with it i i think it's has everything that a game like ticket to ride does in terms of its accessibility you know it's the the tactility of these little, like, plastic things. But I think it has a lot more of a degree of flexibility um, that is a thing that maybe stops you from liking Ticket to Ride a bit, Chris. This is really important to me
2: because, yes, because my beef with Ticket to Ride is I I feel trapped. Yes. And I get a bit disillusioned because I can clearly see that there's no way out of this because somebody's blocked me which for some is part of the charm because that's the whole strategy but for me i find that very frustrating
0: no yeah i i agree with you that that frustrates me at all and and the thing i don't like about ticket to ride is having that pervasive feeling of stress like you've got to rush to complete something before someone else yeah and sometimes and sometimes that's just not enjoyable however what coattle is is it's almost like ticket to ride in reverse in a way you have this this Aztec dial in the center of the table and on the outside of the dial you have lots of these little multicolored body parts of a snake so if you imagine um when you're a kid and you went to a toy shop did you ever get those those plastic snakes yes that uh, had the the separate sort of body parts yes and you could hold them by the tail That's and they would it. like oh my they gosh. would like maneuver up and down mm. and they would um yeah, I'll buy you one when I go in my time machine. Thanks. And, and they sort of like pivot on all of their joints. In coattal, that's essentially what you're doing is you're is you're building one of those snakes up. So so on your turn, you can do um one of three things. You either take a new part of a snake, so you could maybe take a head of a certain colour, or you could take a tail, or you could take a couple of bit of body parts. Or you could um pick up a few more. Cards, and I'll come to why the cards important in a second. Or the final thing you can do is you can start building up one of these snakes. And the idea is is that you you have these a hand of cards, and on the cards will have a certain pattern or a certain arrangement of coloured shapes. So say like three red shapes in a row, or a blue and a yellow part of a snake with a green part of a snake in between it. And the idea of the game is very simple is that you've got to try and collect the body parts you need in order to fulfill the patterns that are on these that are on these cards and build them up and whoever completes basically the most patterns and the most snakes will get the most points and they will win. And it's such an elegant and simple bit Of design and the reason why i like it and the reason why i kind of it's kind of holding above ticket to ride for me is that you still have that element of risk and reward in terms of do i pick up the pieces i need now or do i start building a snake from the pieces that i've already collected to free up some free up some space to then collect more next turn because Chris might be going for those pieces, so do I grab them now or do I hold on later? Or do I pick up a new card that would really help me now or do I leave it to go later and and do something else? And its I feel like because you're essentially building stuff in your own mini tableau, it doesn't feel as stressful. It doesn't feel as rushed as it does in Ticket to Ride because it's all on you and at any time you can... You can decide and change what it is you're actually scoring towards. So, unlike Ticket to Ride, where you have like you'll get 10 points if you connect New York to Washington or whatever, here it can be you'll have a card that can be right, you've got to get three uh, red body parts in the center. You can start doing it, suddenly you realize you're not able to do it, and you can easily just pick up a new card and then straight like change your strategy. Or like start building another stake, and use those cards to to start building that one. So it's super flexible and and wonderfully um, reactive. Do you get
2: penalised if you don't satisfy a card like you do no. in Ticket to Ride? You see that? No. Okay, that's interesting. And, and and how many players does it scale up to, Sam?
0: It scales up to four, four players.
1: And the 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 art in this really does look amazing. I was I just I was just looking at the Instagram uh, and. Just looks it's incredible. Like it, it's got like a feel. It's it's definitely got a sense of that sort of Central American art to it, but done through the filter of a almost like
0: graffiti street art.
1: Mm-hmm. It's really yeah.
0: nice. It's been it's been lovely playing it playing it solo. Um, when you play it solo, you play against a character they've named Adam A D A M, and essentially Adam is plays as like an ai that just snaffles up pieces so it doesn't have to like make patterns or anything like that it just generally just like hoovers up bits from the from this aztec circle like everything it needs it always gets Um, and so it's like a it's it plays like a very strategic battle against like essentially like a hoover in one corner and you're like strategically trying to build this perfect little wall in terms of like trying to stop it it has all those all the best bits of the things that i love about tickets ride that risk that that risk and the reward that drive to to complete something but it feels a lot more satisfying like because it's again as i said because it's so personal to you it's your thing that you're completing and no one else can interfere with it in any way it's such a a wonderful act to be like right that is complete and they look the snakes look absolutely beautiful when they when they're complete like that's great it's it's very very good and I'm, and I'm enjoying it. That's what
2: I really love because it strikes me as one of those games where actually, when it gets to that stage, the competition starts to evaporate and it's actually about marvelling at just the aesthetics of the, this this object d'art that you've kind of created on the table in mm-hmm. front of you. I've been playing games that are quite pretty and intricate as well, actually. Um, I recently bought Illimat's. Because uh, some time ago, I'd have played it at a friend at a friend's house, which I am going to talk about in a future pod. But I want at least one of you to experience it in some capacity <laughs> prior to me talking about it, because um, it is a very pretty game. Um, it, it, it was actually what I love about it is the history of the game. It was basically um, the band, The Decemberists, did an album cover and essentially some, and in that album cover, there is, I think this game is there, but it was just drawn. as just something mysterious. Oh wow. And somebody designed a game based on that picture and it's actually a really good game. Uh it, And I will talk about it in the future, but I, I've, I've played it with my parents and they really, really liked it. And I've played it with a number of people who just say that it really scratches that itch for those who really love card games of old. And I know we've spoken about trick-taking games and stuff in the past, but there's a bit of elements in there that satisfy also fans of board games. It isn't just cards. There's other stuff happening.
0: Card games of old.
2: I mean, What's happening to us? I know. But I've also been... I also was very kindly sent a game from Cosmos, Um mm called the lost words card game which has come out fairly recently and the reason why i really really wanted to play this was because it's a riff off um, a book uh, by an author that's one of my favorite uh, landscape writers and that's robert mcfarlane who i first heard about when i read a book of his years ago called um, mountains of the mind which is um, it's essentially about why do people climb mountains and uh this particular book uh, it's um a children's book, the lost uh words and it's it's in this particular uh world where some of the some of the words that are part and parcel of nature and the countryside are starting to disappear from children's memories, so this book is really acting as an aid memoir for them to. Refresh their memory and not lose touch with these, these um, words within the natural world, you know. And it's all it's got beautiful illustration by um, Jackie Morris, and the book is gorgeous. I first came across it because my mum actually owns the book, and words such as dandelion, otter, bramble, and acorn, uh, they all play a part in it. And Cosmos have produced this game, which is a real labour of love. It's very pretty. It is a beautiful game. It is a very mm. beautiful, a bit like uh, the game that Sam just spoke about. There is an aesthetic charm to it. And I can quite clearly say that I wouldn't enjoy it as much if it wasn't for the art or the poetry. Because it's quite a straightforward game, isn't it? It is very much so. It's not trying to be something overly ambitious or elaborate, uh, really. It- at face value, one would might assume that it would be the kind of game you would get, say, when you're while well, you're queuing at a bookshop, at a mainstream yes. bookshop, and you'd see it yeah. on one of those rotating carousels yeah, by the checkout. Yeah, that's a really good description. Yeah. But actually, there's a lot more to it than that. I mean, mm-hmm. not a lot more, and that's absolutely fine. It's mm. very much a light touch, but I quite like that because that that lightness of touch really fits in well with its theme. Um, if this was a huge Hulking Miniatures game with that theme it would be it'd be a bit weird wouldn't it like four hours of finding (laughs) these mysterious lost words sure Uh, but um, everyone gets dealt um, uh, some uh, cards in front of them and uh, what you're trying to do is to match uh, spell cards with these particular cards so you've got the image of and these beautiful images from Jackie Morris like Conkers and Acorns and Raven a magpie in front of you face up and the aim of the game a bit like uh, for anyone, anyone who's played flux the keeper cards that you have which usually in flux end up getting dealt to you randomly you know during the game and they'll as, as it says in the title with flux they'll disappear and reappear here you have these keeper cards these um, nature cards right from the beginning and what you're trying to do is find the matching spell card and play it on top of those and there are other cards as well that you can play that can kind of mix things up a la Flux. Uh, so, for example, I could play a wall card on top of my matching set to protect it. Uh, I could play a magpie card, which will mean that I can, I think, steal someone else's card a la a magpie. And So there's a little bit of spice there, a little bit of variability. It's, it, but it's not that kind of meanness that can sometimes come with Flux. It is no. a very sedate and mm-hmm. tranquil and peaceful game that is very apposite when you're talking about the natural world. It's a very innocent game, and it, you can clearly tell this is a this is a um, something that is born from children's literature, and it's a very nice family game that I really really loved. And Pete, you really really didn't. I uh,
1: really <laughs> bounced off of this so yes, hard. Did.
2: Uh, um,
1: and the the thing is that that. When, when you say like it feels like the kind of thing that you would see in a, you know, in, a, in, a, in a bookshop and stuff like that, I think that actually is a really great compliment to give it. And I, and I have to say, it feels like the kind of product... Putting my product hat on for a second. It feels like the kind of product that somebody sat down and went, we need something to go into a bookshop, and we need to have something that's going to sell this Christmas to an audience or for an audience of people who like board games enough to know a bit about board games... So they can buy this thing for people who like books, like art, like nature, like nice drawings, like pretty things. But they want to introduce them and give them like a board game to play. This feels like the perfect gift game. It feels like a game that you would buy somebody, they'd unwrap it, they go, oh, brilliant. You play a few games of it and you go, oh, lovely. And if you're at the sort of level whereby maybe you've not heard of it before or uh, maybe you're the sort of person who doesn't really play a lot of board games i think this is the perfect game for that audience and it will be the thing that goes and sits in a drawer and then comes out every you know three or four months when people are having high tea and 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 having a lovely uh having a lovely time with people who maybe don't play board games i for me i found it really for me it was just it was it was too light and the other and you know i i i will also
2: provide a caveat I had a stinking headache when yeah. we uh, I mean we this, this this was I mean not wanting to rake up a previous episode this was when this was the day after yeah the rum night
1: this was after the rum night, so maybe I wasn't the right mind mindset for it, but I think the other part of that is that I genuinely am somebody who prefers to go with games that are a little bit more um a little bit more dense, a little bit more um fiddly fiddly, but also I found and again this is a this is super personal i found the theme really cloying i found the poetry on the back so cloying that it was and i think that would just be the 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 case of the 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 book itself right like if i was if i was reading that that poetry i'd just be like i'd just be i'd be i'd be chucking it in the fire <laughs> so so, so like, sam, like, what so, so
2: so sam um so um just so you're aware um before we get onto fahrenheit 451 over there I yeah. I was I read the poem, so I, I read something like Dandelion or Magpie. I read it out loud or Raven, and I was really you know because I like poetry. Um, mm-hmm. I don't read a lot of it, but when I read it, I quite like it. Um, Pete gets a card dealt to, and I look to him expectantly. Words out of his mouth. I'm not reading that. <laughs> mm. Such disdain. It, it
0: didn't mention anything about the mechanics oh. at all. No, but it's the the poetry is so beautiful. The artwork is. It's gorgeous. The artwork, the
1: artwork is beautiful. The artwork is really, really beautiful. Yeah, and, absolutely.
0: And, and the thing is, like, I would, I would play it again. I think I, I only, I only played it just with you, Chris. I think as a, as, a, as a two player, it lacks a bit of yeah. the, the competitive sort of take that edge that it that it really needs because it got to a point where it was obvious that you were going to win and that there was there was no chance that you know uh, I was going to. I was going to take over it, it kind of came, it became inevitable my downfall, but it, that didn't stop me enjoying the poetry and it didn't stop me enjoying the art. I, and like just how, yes, it's light, but mm. I think it's, I think that's reflective of, of its theme. I think it's light in, in, in almost the way it like relaxes you mm. as a player, like, because it doesn't, it doesn't feel cutthroat in the way that, like, a light, a light game, could do. If that, if that makes, if that makes sense. You're absolutely yeah. right. It's not. It's not cutthroat. It, it's quite
1: light. It doesn't demand tons out of you. It's there's a genre called beer and pretzels,
2: and this is wine mm-hmm. and volavants. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, like, I, I don't think that at all. I think it, it it's a family. It's, it's for families. Like for me. Like, if I needed to buy someone a stocking filler this Christmas, I'd buy them this.
1: I also will probably probably be buying this for some friends of ours that we have. Yeah, like, like so, so just because it's not for, it's it's definitely not for me, but it is, but it is for, it is for some, uh, you know, some friends of ours that I know are going to really love this because they are at that early point in the in their in their like d- discovery of board gaming, and they're very into, you know. Um, you know, this—they're
2: very outdoorsy people, so they're really going to love this art as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is just beautiful, and a bit like what you were saying with the game you were talking about there, Sam. Before, on the table, it's just, oh, that's just that looks. This looks really lovely, but I'm not reading that. So,
1: I don't know about you. But um, so I am. I'm a subscriber to a email every week that comes through that uh, is all about FHM uh, newly trending words. I okay. uh, so we so okay. we've gone from lost words to yeah newly to, trending to new ones, words. and the the word the the phrase that popped up in my weekly email today uh, uh, was the phrase doom scrolling. And yeah,
0: I've heard of doom scrolling. So yep. doom
1: scrolling is a thing where, and it's it's uh, there's a little graph that comes with the with the, every email that says use over time, and it's really interesting to see. So doom scrolling's really been spiking uh, recently. Um, and doom scrolling is the concept of being on usually a phone and scrolling through usually social media and just seeing things. It, that kind of um, what's that? What's that thing that humans have where you look over the cliff edge and there's a little bit of you that just goes that just goes i wonder Go on. i wonder like it, yeah and, and it's that horrible thing there's that there's this the, you know the the human brain does that a whole bunch um and um, i feel like doom scrolling is the same thing whereby you keep going through twitter um and you just it's just getting worse and worse and worse and you can't look away and Over this year I've been trying to really push back On my time with social media Because I've realised it is Really damaging Um, So you know I tend to just post Here's a nice link to a nice thing That somebody I know has done Um, (laughs) Rather than than like I don't like my Chicken nuggets
2: um, which uh, just seems to be what social yes, it. Uh, yes, that famous quote from Nietzsche: "Once you stare into the abyss, the abyss yeah. will stare." <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I, I haven't
1: you. read it. So, um, the so the so I I was like, oh, but what I do like to do is I do like to to be engaged with. The thing I liked about Twitter a lot was was engaging with the the, the people who made the things that I like and and being interested mm-hmm. in specific things. So um, I thought, okay, well, to blazes with it. I'll download Reddit and uh, I'll see if I can get into Reddit because I've never all really of it done. Yeah, <laughs> all of Reddit downloaded <laughs> onto my phone um, and. Um, I've printed it all out. It's all I've. I've read all of it. It's fine. <laughs> like when they printed
2: out the human DNA in books.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right.
1: Um and um. So, do you know it's been a Revelation?
0: Good. R slash Revelation. R slash
1: Revelation. Well, maybe don't go to that because I don't know what that would be. Um. So, um. Reddit is. Uh. If if you aren't aware, is a um. It's like a big forum essentially, but everything is categorised into subreddits so for example there is r slash board games r slash gaming um, uh, there's a few gaming ones some less good, <laughs> some much more good, um, uh, And but board games is, is pretty good actually, it's pretty nice pretty right on, mm-hmm. it's a nice bunch, uh, I've, I'm on r slash OSR for a bunch of RPG stuff, I'm on the RPG oh. one as well I'm on, I've got r slash AWW, which is just yeah, the, I've got the cutest yeah. pictures of you know, babies in animals and, and nice things happening, r slash wholesome, just messages about like how nice people doing nice things, uplifting news,
0: all that kind of thing. Um, can, can, can I recommend a, a couple of things? Oh, go on, recommend me. Uh, I, I recommend r slash yeah. um, mildly interesting.
1: I love mildly interesting. Mildly, mildly interesting. interesting is incredible. Um, this idea that the, the the images that get posted on there are just mildly interesting and it's never it is never it is all well yeah it is always you're like you're looking at it and you're like that is mildly interesting I wonder why that happened
0: Or also um, r slash shower thoughts shower thoughts is, is really
1: good as well like um, the idea of uh, just sort of galaxy brain <laughs> thoughts I would say like like but,
0: but aren't we just all skeletons in meat it's like oh. if ghosts exist they outnumber the living by many millions. It's true. It's true. Thanks. R slash shower thoughts. If giraffes ever go extinct, it'll be hard to describe them without making them seem like a dinosaur. That's true. There you go.
1: So, so that's Reddit basically. And the, the thing about Reddit is that <laughs> unlike unlike um, things like Facebook or Twitter, where <laughs> oh, gone.
0: <on. laughs> If it wasn't for pizza, pepperoni wouldn't be eaten nearly as much.
1: You know what? They're not wrong. (laughs) They're not wrong.
0: Learning a new new language is kind of like uploading subtitles into your head.
2: (laughs) It sounds like something my brother would say.
1: Yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. Like he's probably he's pro- he's probably
2: a mod to be honest. Um, Did so- I tell you? Sorry, sorry about my brother. Like we had we had a WhatsApp call, message of the day on the family because I've just got a nephew, and uh, my sister put on the group excitedly. She she was with my mother and she was saying, "Oh look, um, um, the baby's got a birthmark on its neck, just like you've got, Lawrence." And my brother was like, "Have I?" <laughs>
0: Oh,
1: Chris!
0: He's
1: he's a he's a he's a good lad, isn't he? He's very special. He's a good lad. Anyway, anyway, Reddit. so Reddit mildly <laughs> so, interesting though. Yeah, mildly yeah, interesting. Yeah, mildly get him on it. Um, get him onto uh, our slash shower thoughts. So the thing, the th- the difference between Reddit and one of these other social media things is that everything you're looking at. Is either relevant or interesting or lovely. Or if you want it to be doom, 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 you can have that as well. Now, that is a preamble to the greatest, one of the greatest things that I think I've that, that has come out of this that's really got me thinking recently, which was a, an amazing post on R/board Games. And it really got me thinking about games and value. Um, because there's a lot of talk about, like, oh, that's quite an expensive board game, or like, oh, like seventy quid—is it really worth that amount um, for you know one of these big games for full, full, filled with plastic and all that sort of stuff? And somebody put this put this uh, post out, um, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, and basically, what they said was they asked which games have been the best and the worst. Value for you, and they have, and they basically said that they had this 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 rule in the friendship group that they played board games in, that the value of a game is yeah. one dollar per hour played, yeah. multiplied by the number of players you usually play with. Right. So if so, to put that into perspective, a uh, a a game of Azul is about one hour in length. And that game is usually played with four players uh, in that that gaming group. Therefore, one game of Azul is $4, right? So, So their point is, if you pay $40 for Azul, if you've played 10 games, you've got your money's worth. Yeah. Right? And it got me, and and obviously the the key point to all of this was what what do they th- what did they've basically asked Reddit like what do they think that the games with the ber- the best and the worst value actually are as in what are the very very big expensive games that you just never manage to get to the table and therefore very poor value and what are the um and maybe quite short maybe I don't know and what are the best games for that which are obviously you know the reverse of that what are the games that are cheap, and you get loads of games out of it, or maybe it takes a while to play, but you always play it a load, and it's a regular of your table. Um, Like, lots and lots of different players. And I really got thinking about this, and I started to think what incredible value some of the games on my shelf are. So I want to give you an example. I've got a game called One Night Ultimate Werewolf, and that is a game yeah. that comes out so often. Like, if I've got enough people, if I've got, like, Four or five, probably about five, is about the sweet spot for like the point where it's like okay, it's one ultimate werewolf time. Um, but it goes up to like seven or eight, and you know the, the expansions mm-hmm. and stuff like go up even further. And that game is like what fifteen dollars? Like yeah, like maybe like let's say twenty. Like I must have got hundreds of dollars worth of value out of that single game, and I, so I, so I guess uh, I guess that's my like. I guess I wanted to talk with you guys about it and figure out like like what do you think your what do you think your best and your worst ones are?
0: Well thanks to my handy scorepal app. Ah. I can tell you that the game I've played most is the sequel to Ganshon Clever. Yeah. It's a ro- it's a roll and write game.
1: Surprise, surprise. Uh
0: it's Doppelt so clever.
1: Doppelt so clever.
0: So twice as clever. Okay. By the way, roll and write fans, the um three times as clever comes out later this year, hopefully. Oh you're All kidding me. I'm not heard off of the this. presses. I've already I've already downloaded
1: the app. You're a monster. Mm-hmm. Um so this is thirteen pounds.
0: So thirteen pounds. Okay. See if you can work this out. Okay. So on average, the average player count is two. Yep. Fine. Okay. But I have played this game for 27 and a half hours. What?
1: So, let's say 27 let's say 27 times 2.
0: Yeah? Well, yeah, obviously not the, the game doesn't take 27 hours. A game on average is 30 minutes. No,
1: sure, but you've played 27 hours worth of the, that game.
0: 27 and the, a half and, hours And worth the of that average
1: game. is you play it with two. So, let's just say on average, let's double it and say okay, 54 hours in total. Yeah um and so that is so that's that's 54 so that's on. one dollar per hour come on
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so it's 50 so that's 54 dollars so you've more than easily like paid it's more than easily paid for itself did you know that son
2: do I know what that it's already paid for itself
0: i wish it would uh, probably the next one down there is another roll and write called Quicks Deluxe and this is a game that I bought on my first Agdu in Germany so
2: good my parents love uh, it. probably
0: about 13 euro something like that okay uh, we'll probably get about on average I've with two players played it six times with four players and three players four times each okay mm-hmm Sixteen hours and fifty minutes. Sixteen. So should we multiply that split down the middle?
1: Maybe multiply it by three. Yeah. That's forty-eight. Yeah. So you've def again, you've definitely made your money back, like like in terms of like what per like per dollar. Um, you know, dollar per hour amount. I really feel like that's,
0: and the worst value one. This is probably it. Oh dear. Uh, Magic: The Gathering, Arena of the Planeswalkers.
2: Oh yes, we played that once.
0: Yes, we did play that once for thirty-five minutes, Chris. Oh, I won. And uh, to be fair, though, I only I only paid eight pounds for it, so it might not be that bad. Tapping, tapping, tapping away.
1: Yeah, I'm looking up Arena of the Planeswalkers. Yeah, so that's twenty
0: quid. Well, I only paid eight pounds.
1: Okay, you only paid eight quid for Okay, well, that's not so bad. But I mean, still, that's not great. And to be honest, by the looks of things, neither is the game.
0: No, uh, I'd, I'd also put Blood Rage in there, considering Oof. it's RRP. Me and Chris played that only for an hour. Did not like
2: that at all.
0: Neither of us wanted to.
1: Ridiculously, wanted hurt. to go back to that. The- Sixty-two quid.
0: Exactly, it's... and we played it for an hour. Yeah. Not very good. Once. So,
1: so
2: I think. Well, I mean, what about you, Chris? What's the What's the top one? Is that Is it? It's really interesting, like because like I know we've played War of the Ring recently, Pete, in Bristol. But I tend to play that game on my own. Sure. And I think crunching the numbers, I'd have to have played it fifteen times on my own to get it to RRP, which I think I may have nearly done because I really do nearly. enjoy that game. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, you play it on your own about three times a year, maybe more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I love it. And I think probably my least valued one would probably be, I'd say Santorini. It's a game I like, but I don't know a lot of people who like it. Occasionally people go, oh, I want to play that. But it's not one that people want to get to the table. That or Inish. Um, Inish is more of an expensive game. And I really like it, but it just never never gets to the table
0: i I'd probably say inish because it's it's one of those really it should be three four players, and you know it's very, very difficult, yeah also, assuming the oldest actors regularly appear in movies with people sixty years younger than them, the final sixth degree of Kevin Bacon will die sometime around the year two thousand four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> just think just think in the year in the year of our lord yeah 2400 yeah. they won't be able to play six degrees of kevin bacon ever again
2: so i have been uh binging a tv series uh since march actually it came at a time when i really really needed it to and mm-hmm. it has been for me Uh, a real source of enjoyments and has allowed me, like many, like a many few things, and I know we've spoken about that before over the last few months, the kind of things we've done or have Mm. explored as a tonic against the current climate we're in. Uh, How many episodes are there if you've been binging since March? There are 77 episodes. Mm. Holy cow. Two specials. I've just been re-watching them.
1: What's this thing called?
2: It is called... Taskmaster, du, 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 du. it's been going since 2015. Uh,
0: hang on, hang on, just in case my son's listening. Taskmaster,
2: Taskmaster, <laughs> Thank it you. has been going since 2015. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it, wait, <laughs> what? What was this about? Was this just some sort of like? It, um, sorry, Sam's child's having education lessons as we were recording. Oh, yeah. I
0: yeah. see. So, so if he hears this, yeah. he's on. He's on very strict and yeah, instruction he's currently and balancing
2: oh. a book on his head.
0: A proper a Ed?
2: Ed's all right. Um, <laughs> okay, so yes, the so Taskmaster. Uh, it's been going <laughs> since 2015. It was previously on Dave up until last year, and now it's on Channel 4 with its 10th series. Uh, it's a comedy panel game show. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. Uh, I don't need mm-hmm. to explain to you what one is. Broadly speaking, Taskmaster, Taskmaster is... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Five comedians, they complete compete um, to complete a series of strange tasks and are just awarded points based on how successful or creative they are. Uh, the majority of these tasks are individuals. So the comedians would generally record that their, their completion of the task separately. So they don't know how the others have done, but sometimes these tasks are done when they're in small teams uh, together. And then later on, they all get in a studio together and they watch back the footage to work, to see how well they've done. And all of this is judged by the eponymous Taskmaster, who is Greg Davis, um, and he's assisted by Alex Horn, who is the creator uh, um, of Taskmaster. And tasks range from the vague to the specific, requiring lateral and creative thinking. Um, this really speaks to me as a person who I'm very much interested in performance art. I am an academic who teaches performance. Um, I like bizarre and abstract tasks because what they do is they can prompt very interesting interpretations and experiences, um, from the performers. And for us as performers and audience members, they often make us think very much about ourselves in a manner that conventional performances just don't. And, you know, and conventional activities. Um, and that's what I quite like about this series. They're not baking cakes, singing a well-known song. Um, they're, they're doing tasks that range from, uh, Hiding a pineapple on your person. Uh, surprising Alex. Interviewing a stranger for five minutes and then having 20 minutes to write and perform a song about them. Um, <laughs> making it an exotic sandwich and then finding out afterwards that you have, as quick as you can, try and eat the sandwich you've made. And impressing the mayor of Chesham. So um, there's a real variety there. And it's made me realise I generally don't like competitive shows because generally the stakes are really high. They put this awful dramatic music on that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and I really don't like the whole narrative of that. I, um, I just find it utterly mundane. Oh, great. You're going to get a record deal. Oh, great. You're going to be in a West End show. Oh, great. You've survived this battle royale of baking. Um, what I like about Taskmaster is that it's about you discover – people doing it they discover that they're good at something they had no idea they were good at such as getting a boulder as far as possible from where they currently are in an hour and also equally realizing they're not as good at something that they thought they would be such as fitting as much spaghetti into a grapefruit so what you get are these wonderful kind of swings from triumph to hubris and it's just addictive uh surprising it's also quite humbling um because you know that even though they may be rubbish at one task, they're going to be absolutely brilliant at something else. And you can never really predict it. It's not like everyone has a favourite or anything like that. And also, they are comedians. So they're able to make light of these kind of ridiculous and absurd situations that Alex puts them in. And what I love about it is that just we live in this kind of absurd time. And I think that if we can't make light of the serious instances, then just... Oh my gosh, it's it makes us truly miserable. As Sam alluded to, there is a Taskmaster board game. There is also a book, and I was wondering, a book? Yes, I was wondering if I could get you just quickly where you are now to do a task for me. Oh no! No, no, it's oh. fine. You just need pen and paper. That's it.
0: All right, yeah, I've got pen and paper. Pete, have
2: you got? You're sat at your desk, Pete. Uh, pen and paper. That's it. Yeah, go on then. I'm not going to read it.
0: No, it's what right. you do. We do we do we have to be funny? No, not so all. all right, okay, good. I just thank want you, all I
2: would like you to do. Yeah, is draw a self-portrait, but I'd like you to have your eyes closed.
0: Uh, Alright, okay. This isn't going to make much. Do you have a time limit? No.
2: Well, yeah, that's true. We haven't got all day. Give you a minute.
0: Well, are you going to? Yeah, I'll really t- talk about something while we do it to fill the dead air.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you'll be editing this, Sam. So you'll you'll kind of do a nice gentle fade in and fade out. Well, um, okay. So your minute starts now. Oh Christ! I've already started. Oh, yeah. Go 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 yeah. go go. Um, eyebrows. So, yes, why are you doing this? Um, yeah. So this book, um, this is the first exercise uh, from the book. Um, and there are many more in there. And they've actually recently done, over the lockdown period, they did a home tasking thing where Alex would set different home tasks to members of the public. And uh, they would submit their... and From all over the world, people would submit their um, responses. And then Greg, the taskmaster, would rank them and it it just and it's it's led to its international popularity really because it's just people really needed that um something to do in lockdown
0: It kind of reminds me of um don't get got
2: yes and stop all oh, right okay <laughs> can you uh can you show me please
0: <laughs> oh my god it looks like oh no, oh no right okay. Right, go to staying in pod on Instagram and and Twitter to see to see this abomination. <laughs> <laughs> I've somehow managed to like <laughs> Oh, that's, really, that's good. really good. You your your all your features fit on your face. I've somehow managed to make them yours is really slide. nice. No, yours is like
1: yours has got like a real nice sense of art sensibility to it. Mine looks like I've been held back a
2: year <laughs> by by your ears. <laughs> by your
1: ears, yeah,
2: just extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. I can highly recommend it. They're all on UK TV Play. They're also on uh, Channel Four. Um, if you're if you've got kids and you're worried about you know it being quite rude, there is a child-friendly version that's on E4 I think on a Sunday, where they bleep out the rude words and stuff and censor things. Oh, yeah, great. so it's 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 fun for the family as well, for the grown-ups. I love it and uh, it just makes sense to me because what makes sense these days?
0: So that was staying in with myself Sam Turner, Chris Darby and Peter Willington. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the podcast, as again we slip into these uncertain times where we don't really know what's going on all over the world this show is all about sharing the things that you're loving and enjoying with those closest around you so if you're looking for something to share with your friends or family or just look looking for something to watch or play on your own then go to twitter go to facebook go to instagram staying in pod You can go to Board Game Geek and also Steam where we've got curated pages where we list all the video games and all the board games that we talk about. There'll be something on there to help maybe distract you, give you a bit of escapism, make you laugh, uh, make you think, all all those wonderful things that sometimes we neglect or miss out on. Please get in touch with us if you've got a suggestion for something that you think that we should be paying attention to. Uh, As usual, uh, you can join us on the social media feeds, the Soch, or stayinginpod at gmail.com. But for now, until next time, take care. Bye.